Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about the urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live on a Sunday afternoon, a dreary, drizzly, overcast Sydney Portier day, 9th of August, which has kind of run a string of beautiful Sunday afternoons we've had, um, an entree in a main this afternoon, and we've got a bit of a shit platter to start with, a Queensland derby, which you probably used to salivate over in the late 2000s. Um, with the Cowboys and the Titans. I've got zero interest in that game before the main course, which is going to test the Sharks and see what they're all about against the, uh, well, one of the premiership favourites, the Parramatta Eels, as always, coming at us live from the COVID hotspot of the world outside of United States. Jack, one test Thunderino, um, red card, yellow carded, and obviously controversially axed from the Hong Kong Rugby League board. How is the Hong Kong Rugby League going now, Jack? Uh, I think they're struggling with this uh, illness as a lot of the, the rest of the world are, you know. Mm. Um, so I think they're just in, I think it's just a case of uh, consolidating during the lockdown time. I think Hong Kong was doing well with it, but then I think now they're restricting, like, you know, civil liberties. I think um, that... Sorry, you keep going. And so, yeah, I think that's putting a bit of a a downer on the league scene over there. But it'll come back. League will never die, as they say. For a country like Hong Kong, Hong Kong emerging market of rugby league, um, you know, they often are referred to the sleeping giant of um, Southeast Asia. Yeah. yeah. Um, instead of playing, what I would do is... Pro- how many clubs in the Hong Kong competition... Uh, we had six, six uh, current, and we've had ten over the years that have been in and out. Uh, yeah, so there was six foundation clubs that started in 2015. What about basically having a weekly league trivia or um, sort of game that you'd host online? So you basically, rather than playing someone, you'd go off them in a trivia off or a league knowledge off, and it could extend from you know your basic questions. Um, what happened next? So maybe some footage that you, you know, yep. those old sports shows, what happened next? Um, who am I, etc. And then you're going to basically get down to a grand final where it's maybe like a five hour league-a-thon, um, even testing maybe people's commentary ability or something. But they've got to yep. try and keep the game going over there in those emerging markets, don't they? And you know, it's not a bad idea because your advantage is your um, connection to the world, your internet connection. It's not a bad idea. Like, yeah, just having a real league off. Oh, fuck, that'll be good. Oh, I mean, hard to police though. Um, uh, I guess if you're oh, yeah, not in the same room, I mean, it's not going to be open book, is it? Uh, it's hard so... to Google these days, though. Like, it's it's 
I think if you make the questions sort of, and no. Yeah, but do I mean, you it's going to have to be an honesty game. Fan, how Vossi sort of, there's that thing on the fan called how well do you know yourself? Mm. And it's quite interesting. Like some of the players that really, like they had Croker on the other day. He and was I think good. he got 10 out of 10. So he, he was good. He remembered exactly where he got his first goal and what ground he scored his first try at, stuff like that, which I guess you should know unless you're getting really heavy concussed like Boyd Cordner. Speaking of Jason Croker, um, just reminds me of what a league town Sydney is. I've I done a little bit of, I took both kids out, got a coffee yesterday morning, got the wife to get out and just go some breakfast on her own, give her a bit of breathing space because I knew that I was going to watch two to three games in a row. Yeah. And I was just got back into my uh, my apartment building and saw my neighbour, who's a huge Canberra Raiders fan, and just started yarning to him. Yarning to him for a while, probably an hour and a half. We we're just talking Lee. I knew he's a big Raiders fan, and I was sort of asking him, how, "How old was your boy when he started really getting into it?" Because he's about seven now, and he sleeps in his yeah. Raiders jersey, and, right. if, and if they win, and and if they lose, like he's bawling his eyes out. And oh, he goes, brilliant. "Oh, sort of around that five age five. But when he really got into it was last year's premiership run. And yeah, they yeah. went down to the South Sydney one in um, GIO. And then they, they saw them play Melbourne in Melbourne. And he took them down to Melbourne. And he goes, he was on my shoulders at the end of the game when Canberra bet Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were coming around clapping the Raiders fans. And he goes, Jason Croker spotted him. And, and he pointed at him. And he said... Justin Croker. Jason Croker. Who, which one are we talking about? The old guy. Ja- Sorry, Jared Croker. Jared, Jared Croker. I get my J's mixed up too. I, I don't blame Jared you. Jared like, Croker. A, yeah. They're actually, are they related? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nephew. Yeah. Something like that. Lock, there's Lock and Croker's involved there. Like, that's the <laughs> other. I'll get, I'll carry on. He spotted him out and he took off his headgear and he gave it to him. And so wow. I was looking at it and I was looking, I was touching, I was feeling Jared Croker's headgear yesterday. Um, the beautiful white uh, Madison headgear, and just seeing you know the passion on his face, he's just saying this is this is his headgear, and apparently he put it straight on his head. It was just sopping wet, as you know, oh, yeah. headgear, and he wore it for the rest of the night. And I was chatting about league, and I said, like, "Gee, it's a league town." And he's like, "Somehow we got into talking about Benji." And he's like, "Yo, actually, he's pretty good mates with Benji." And I was like, "Oh, yeah." And he, like, turns out that he represented Australia at touch. I had no idea. Oh, and yeah. he's a few years older than, than us, so. Yeah. And he played with, like, a young Benji, and he became best mates with him. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's best mates? Sort of like, so I was waiting for his yarns to come out. He went back to Fakatane with him. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's how tight they got. And he's, like, talking about trips to, like, Gundagai races, and he used to get up um, on the on the PA system at the Gundagai races and going, right, everyone, um, Benji Marshall will be signing autographs between three and four, and just as a G up for Benji. So he'd be sitting there at the races just, like, signing. He goes, I've never met anyone that, like, he just he's just fine with people and stuff. But he's, yeah, like, yeah. went back to, like, Whakatane and he was, like, to these remote places in New Zealand where Benji's just a king. And he's telling some stories about, like, I always knew he struggled growing up and stuff. You heard about, like, the tomato sauce sandwiches and stuff. But he reckons that, like, Benji would, like, be on the way and the way to school when he was young and, like, going through rubbish bins, getting, like, breakfast and stuff. Like, he was really, like, came from absolutely nothing. And um, 
just one of those guys that you you know you've seen him on TV, and obviously I don't I haven't spent much time with him, but just the impact that he seemed to have on a on a generation of leagueies. But he just seems like he's got time for everyone. I think what you see on TV from the sound of these conversations I was having is what you get with Benji. It just made me love him more. And 250 games for him last night for the Tigers. Unfortunately, him and Chrissy Lawrence, they got served up a fucking shit platter again. Like, whew. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that is a great little yarn about Benji. I mean, I actually was went to my brother's wedding in 2015 or something, and I took, drove my wife and Everly, I think my kid, around this North Island to just show them a bit like that. So I thought, fuck, where should I go? Something was a bit different. So I went to Fakatane for the first night with a goal of driving around the East Coast. Mm. And we stayed there one night, and then we did a walk... Uh, we did a walk over to this other beach, so we had to leave the car there, and then we took like the public bus like back, mm. and the driver was this big, massive Maori bloke. You can just imagine it, right? Mm. And uh, so he dropped a few people off. Then I went up the front, and go, oh yeah, I'm a big leg man. You know where Benji like used to live and all that. And he goes, oh yeah, and he told me the address and and, that, and my wife just go, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we got back to the hotel and then I got the car and drove and I think Did I sent you? the photo. Yeah, I, see, I drove to his childhood house and my wife said, what the hell are you doing? Um, but, oh, and the other thing was I actually, my daughter, Herb Kindy, one of the blokes, uh, the, the dads of one of the daughters was mates with Benji as well. Like, um, and, you know, I just get a bit, I even get nervous around him. He was from Sydney and used to hang out with Benji a lot. So, yeah, just a. If anything, he's. I mean, if you had to, if you had to say something about Benji, he's probably not controversial enough. Like, he's just. Oh, he that, 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 there was a there was a time because um, the same my neighbour was telling me about that he was in the um, in the cross that night that he got into a fight. In the rocks. It, in the rocks. I think it was the cross. Yeah, it might be the, oh, rocks. the rocks. And he yeah. goes. It was just the night that he got pushed too far. Too many people coming up to him and like, then you cost me like 250 bucks in a multi or this or that. And then some guy ended up pushing him and he just lashed out. And he goes, it's the only time I've ever seen him lose his cool. But but he used to just say that they used to wind him up so many times. Like old people would come up and go, that Benji's like, he would love for you to go over and chat to him. And he'd be basically just two hours down, like his night's gone. Um, but he's saying yeah. also a trip to New Zealand, and he couldn't remember. He goes, as a, New Z- as, a, as a league player that ran a hotel around the Bay of Plenty, and we went in there, and Hello? just, he, he goes, oh, I, was, I was blown away a bit by, I, I'm, I'm thinking kind of um, a real rough pub, and he goes, just, we were just treated like royalty there um, on the back, and people, um, and they organized a sign saying yep. Benji is going to be here at 3 p.m., to sign wow. to the guys again for a G up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the day before. Um, so yeah, anyway, great league yards. Two of the Warriors doco. You reminded me of when they the Warriors doco. You know the three series about our history, oh. and they interviewed Brandy, and he goes, "Yep, that's right." So when I got to Auckland, I had to, they took us around to all like the league pubs, yeah, to, like Manure, what, what do you that. call it? Like promote, promote, and he was yep. like, "I walked into these things." 
fucking scared shitless, like guys with mukos yeah. and just like cages around the windows. Yeah. I got in there and like I was just they loved me. Like just yeah. these big brothers, gangsters, gang members coming up, yeah. oh, I love you, friendly, all this sort yeah. of shit. Like, and he that, goes, that was some of the nicest guys I've ever met. Like with the tattoos on their face, he was I remember Brandy saying that. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, when I I mean when I first started playing league, I was like, fuck, I've not heard about Heard about this fucking league, like they're tough and rough and all that. But then as soon as you start playing, like they just like are the friendliest. As long as you're not being an absolute dickhead, dickhead. like yeah. you're coming down and playing league with them, they love it. Yeah, it's um yeah. Anyway, it just shows you what a beautiful what a beautiful league vibe you've got up here in Sydney Portier. And I guess you down in COVID um, AFL town, you know that I'm always going to turn up on Sunday with a league yarn for you, whether it's just yeah. walking down the road or seeing last week, seeing Dell down at the local cafe. That's what I'm missing honest, out on. That, that is also why I love just going to uh, Tower at an EKLO right league Memorial Stadium. Even mm. though I'm not a Storm fan, I will go just to a random Storm Cowboys game because I just love just getting into the pub mm. and seeing like a guy with the Cowboys. Uh, and Jeez, I'm just starting a yarn with them. It's like yeah. it's almost like having a chat with a family member. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Leagueies do have something about them, don't they? They're very like the moment that you open up and just chat. If you see someone with a cowboy's hat on them, you're gonna. If you choose to engage the right way, you're going to be sitting there for two or three hours talking about you know the 2002 yeah. um, semi final, 2004 sorry semi final where they were dudded by the Roosters. Um, so. Yeah, Nathan Fiend base. But yeah, I mean, okay. are, are other sports like that? I guess we're big enough, but also small enough. Yep. Like, we are still, although we are quite a big sport, there's a bit of money around with it. We are actually very small, too. So if we're in, like, the back blocks of, I don't know, Lithuania, mm. and you see a bloke with a, I don't know, a Salford Red Devil shirt on, mm-hmm. you'll go out there and just go, whereas it's probably not the same if you're in the back blocks of Albania or something, and you see Ooh. somebody with a, New Zealand all black shirt on. You're just like, oh, for fuck's Random sake. South Sky. You're going to see with a South yeah. jersey. Um, <laughs> on, on the topic, we just, just touched on it before, but I want to get into the Tigers Knights because that there is a very good example of the club in a nutshell, the last 10 years. That it was all, everything was on the line. Now, admittedly, they didn't have Harry Grant and that was... An enormous out for them. I didn't know that going in. Who was playing dummy half? Billy. Moses Mbai. Is he money to ability ratio the worst player in the NRL purely on contract to ability ratio? Well, Hunt would be up there too, but... No, Hunt's fucking good. Hunt's good. But Hunt's on more money. Yeah, but Mbai's on like 800 or something. Yeah, I think... 900. Yeah, I mean a million buck or whatever Hunt's on. You need to, you know, you need to be an influencer of a game. It's position specific. Like Hunt isn't on that. If you round up all the sevens, you know, put them in a room, get a few beers in them, you know, and they walk around and talk to each other. Yeah, they're on pretty much the same coin, mate. You know, the top ten are on the same. Yeah, you're right. Actually, Ash, I'm just trying to think of the one that's probably a lot. George Williams, probably. I mean, Johnson's on. Johnson's on eight hundred. George Williams is Johnson's on eight hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I reckon George Williams would probably be the lowest, or Clifford, and yeah, but, but he that's hasn't done his time. He's, he's not. He isn't. He hasn't got paid yet. Let's judge Clifford 
once his contract's yeah, up and he gets paid because he's still on his rookie deal or whatever you want to call it. But I want to get yeah, you yeah. back to Moses and Bai and I want to get back to the Tigers. Like, did you see that shit? No, I sort of had to pick the wife up from work and I sort of didn't really see much of it. And then it was got got out of hand, so I didn't. it wasn't close, so I didn't really focus on it. I mean, as you know, games do get out of hand this year with the new rules. They get out of hand early. But I thought, you know, with the Knights missing a couple of players, they moved Kurt Mann into the nine jersey. Blake Green's come across mid-year. Blake Green had a hand in a couple of tries. Ponga was actually um, exceptionally good. Um, but they had nothing, the Tigers. They were an embarrassment. They a couple of shit calls early, but it didn't have an effect on the game. And the Tigers, I thought, when they were playing the Eels two weeks ago, and they pressed them hard on that Thursday night game, yep. and I thought they could have gone on with it, but again, the Eels have shown that a few times against Panthers, Tigers, a couple of other games, that they do go on the job in those tight games. Boy, oh boy, the Tigers, they're out. Do we put? Can we put a black line through the Tigers? With Harry Grant three more weeks out? And we've got seven rounds left, is that right? Well, they're four points out the eight now. Um, the four and against is 12, so that's okay. They're not dead on that. But, but they're um, on the same as the Warriors points-wise, aren't they? So Yeah. But Warriors, are, would, what, would you say Warriors have momentum? I mean, we've been in some two pretty average sides. Okay, so I'm going to give you the schedule, okay, for the Tigers. Dogs, and you just say win or loss, okay, off the top of your head. Win. Dogs. Win. Roosters. Loss. Panthers. Loss. Manly. Loss. Rabbitohs. Loss. Storm. Loss. Eels. Loss. So, if that's the case, they're in, in one they're, more game. they are getting to 12 points and they're <laughs> not far off the bottom of the table. Jesus, it's pretty bare down there, isn't it? Now, you wanted to say, and I just think it's fucking bullshit, because I don't think their roster is, their roster is not good. You wanted to say, has Madge lost the dressing room? My thing is, no. They've got a rubbish team. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I just think, it wasn't good news um, that he was applying for the Cowboys job. Is that true? yeah, I think there is. Can, yeah, can, I I just, can I just read you through this 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 pack that played on Saturday? Now, I think you'd be hard-pressed in the NRL to find a worse forward pack. Russell Packer, Moses Mbai, Josh Alloway, Chris Lawrence, Lucky Leilua, and Matt Eisenhuth. And then you've got a 35-year-old Marshall, Luke Brooks, who they, I, just, I came to the conclusion last night, they can't play together. They don't complement each other. They both want the ball on every, you know, every tackle. And I just think when you had Billy Walters there, I think Marshall and Billy Walters or, um, you know, someone else who's a little bit more of a of second-hand guy, I don't know. I mean, Talal is promising. Leilu is a good player. Can't talk much of Kipoa. Nofalum is very, very good. And Adam Dewey is on way too much money. That all sums up to be a pretty dog shit team. So how on earth you can blame Madge is beyond me. He's a pretty but I mean they're not they're not getting into the they were winning a few they were winning those games they had last night the last two years. So it's all I'm saying is it appears it's going backwards with Madge. I don't know about that, mate. Really? No, oh, look, I don't, to me, who gives a fuck? It's the Tigers. <laughs> um. 
concerning though. So we always talk about this back end of the eight, right? Does that win put which puts Newcastle on fifteen makes it pretty you know, that's an important draw that they got. They're still one seven, lost five, drawn one. Then South Sydney on fourteen, Cronulla fourteen, with a game in hand. If Cronulla win this game against the Eels, which we'll get to, that is really goes a long way to, to, to cement their real hopes because they're on a good points difference. Yeah, yeah. A manly with no turbo in sight. Now I, I I would never I would never rule this side out. They are in fucking deep trouble though, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah. Yeah, they are. And then so I guess that leads you to the question how important is Tommy Turbo to that side? I mean, that's not just the only injury they've got. Well, okay, so they've got Dylan Walker not there. But every club has three or four guys out. It's just, it's just you cannot, you can't do that because you can go through every club and go, we're missing, we're missing, we're missing, every single club. Maybe the Eels, I think, are pretty pretty fortunate, the Panthers too. Yeah. Um, you know, you go right through, you go Raiders, you go Knights, you go all the way back down to the bottom of the table, Broncos, Warriors, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone's got a couple of players out. But the turbo impact on Manly, is he the most important player to a team we've ever seen? Are they capable of winning a game without him? Well, they have won a game without him, so don't you can't really say that. But, I, but I, I, it does, I think it really does show how good he... I mean, Tedesco, we, we are going to, in this generation, have that argument about Tedesco and Turbo, right? And who's the better fullback? Um, but for a general all-round player to be able to lift your team, like if Tedesco wasn't playing for the Roosters, they're still going to be confident, you know. They wouldn't, they wouldn't miss. Like he's obviously incredible, but they're not going to drop the win-loss ratio the likes that the Eagles can. And and you've got to start saying, and, and I'm as guilty as anyone. I love the Manly side. I talk them up. I love what they're about. I love Tom Torbovovic. I think talent-wise. He's got a higher ceiling than Tedesco. But Tedesco's consistency and his ability after that early um, career injuries to get on the park, he's just you just he's just overtaken him and it's in some distance now because Tabojevic can't get on the park. Well is it is it is it sort of um uh, putting a question mark on DCE's <coughs> value and ability? I mean we we we'll put our hands up and say that we believe he's the best seven in the comp, but He's not, struggling not, with that. Not anymore Turbo. right now. I think no, I think Cleary's overtaken him from mine. Form, yes. Proven match-winning ability and class at the very top level. DCE's got him, but, you know, DCE won a comp when he was um, Cleary's age. Now, he was surrounded by one of the all-time great veteran rosters and also had Kieran Foran, who they were both peaking but Cleary now, the age is not an excuse with Cleary, so it'd be interesting to see. We'll get to the Panthers. But Tabrojevic, it's three years in a row now. So just explain to me, the so the Ewing theory was the, what, mid-90s, when they actually started to play better. The New York Knicks started to play better, or had a better record when Patrick didn't play. Is that right? Yeah, so Ewing theory started, a, a Bill Simmons concept is around, you know, when a team loses an integral part of the roster, Patrick Ewing to the New York Knicks, 
And out of either spite or, you know, banding together against adversity, um, most often it's, you know, it's pointed towards they're rebelling against him. Um, a team actually puts a run together and performs well without him. And I guess the, the Ewing theory in rugby league sense could be used 2017 Cowboys making that run to the grand final when Thurston left, but I think that's, um, you could quickly but rebug in that. In a way, could you, I mean, could you say, I mean, the Warriors have won two on the trot and we've lost Fuzzy Tua and Mormalo. I mean, we've had some fucking shit. We have made some bad errors at the back, but then would that say we maybe are over estimating their actual Im- impact on our results? It's bloody hard to to pick in a in a sport like rugby league when you've got thirteen players across the park and, and you're taking out wingers. I think when you're really talking about spine players is when you start to see the dramatic effect on a team. I think the yeah. Warriors of two thousand and eleven to two thousand and eighteen, when you took Sean Johnson out of that team. Now there was I think it was two thousand and fifteen when the Warriors were in fourth place. And Johnson against Manly, broken ankle, did all kinds of damage. They lost seven straight to finish the season and missed the eight. Um, and that was actually a Matt Elliott year when we were we were fizzing. The same the year after, Johnson... Um, and, and that's the thing about Matt Elliott. He actually, he sounds like a genius when he's winning. Fuck, he sounds like a genius mm. when he's winning. He's a good player to believe, bro. Far out. Oh, my God. You got to, I know what you're doing. I know what you're what? doing. What do you mean? You're watching League on TV. Um, no, no. I'm actually looking at RL Project that 2015 season and looking at that that loss to Manly at uh, Mount, Smart. Mount Smart and just seeing the us fall apart and not getting close to anyone. Well, we were actually doing well in that game and Johnson went off. They won. And then we lost seven to, to string that season together. 16, we did the same. Johnson was hugely important to the team. I think Andrew Johns is uh, probably... Andrew McFadden was the coach, they're saying. Pardon? Andrew McFadden was the coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was a Cappy uh, So McFadden, Cappy was the coach, and then Elliot was the coach previous 2014 where they swapped over. And, and I think Johnson also did the same earlier, that they um, went on a bad run. For me, I always remember Jonathan Thurston. The Cowboys could not win without him. That was almost like punt your house on it. And Andrew Johns going back further, but this this Tom Tabovich Manly thing's a real thing now, and it's hard to replace what he does because he plays. He's such an important part to that play. He he's a playmaker. He's an impact player. Goes up I mean, he, I just love the guy, but he's going to have to get something. He's going to have to go to the depths of Germany or Russia or something and get some cryogenically fucking impacted hamstrings. Yeah, or just chill out and smoke weed and try and do something different. Geez, AJ Brimson's an exciting player, isn't he? Not really. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, okay. I just think he's, again, gets a lot of injuries. Yeah. He could also be out of the game in a year's time. And I'd probably like, you know, if you were asking me, oh, who's that fullback for the Titans? Playing the halves. People talked him up. And I might not yeah, even remember his name. Um, you're starting to see people getting done for breaking the bubble. And we've just yep. seen Pangai Junior this morning. But I mean, what is the bubble? I mean, fucking does. Oh, okay, they probably know the rules, right? Well, so there's a bubble in terms of 
you're only really allowed to interact with those people that are obviously getting tested all the time and making you know the safe precautions and keeping pretty but leaguees are gonna league aren't they and Pango is going to go to a haircut, a hairdresser opening, which is linked to the Mongols. Wayne Bennett's going to go and try and get his end away and go get a lovely Italian, a succulent Italian meal in Leichhardt. Leagueys are going to league, and there's going to, they won't be the first person, or they won't be the last person that's broken that bubble, but should they be wider sanctions, you're thinking, rather than just going into isolation? Should they be banned for games? I think PVL should. Well, if they're in isolation, they can't play. Yeah, but I think that's more of a health-based. It's not like a suspension. It's a uh, it's a cause and effect kind of. I don't know. I'd like to say suspended and in bubble, so suspended for two three games. Yeah, you know who is, yeah. you know who is going to get suspended. Who Jack Hetherington? Yeah, I know. But I mean that's the hardest part, right? Like, you, you, why why we put that guy on a sort of why we love him is because he brings that aggression and doesn't doesn't back down. But then you've got to deal with the the repercussions, like Joey Lailua. But as a show, we believe Joey Lailua actually adds value to your football side, even though there's the um, the dumb shit he'll do. Um, and I think Jack Hetherington. Well, fuck, we'd take him at the moment if we had the opportunity. I mean, he's just, his attitude is exactly what we need, you know. What, have you, have you, do you remember his, um, how many games he's played versus suspended ratio? Didn't he have, no. So this week will be Jack Hetherington's sixth trip to the judiciary in 22 first grade games. Jesus. I do Mate, like JWH him. Look like an angel. I do like him. He's but, fast. He's wiry. He's big. He offloads. He's just a mad cunt. But you're wasting a salary when he's on the sitting on the pine. I, I think they gotta they gotta go after him. The Warriors really really I enjoy. Think, him. Well, to be honest, I think we'll be able to have him because Panthers will just be it'll be reinforcing to them that he's such a liability. Fucking oath. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, I was watching it on, I think it might have been the Matty Johns show. Mm. They were saying he's he's really good with his hands, fighting based, fist based. Really? Yeah, one of the best they reckon. Like, used to just get in, tr- like, get in trouble all the time at junior league, like, fighting and then taking it back to the sheds and stuff. So, not even like what he did with JDOH, where he tried to, like, mm. shake hands. He actually, back in the old days when he was a young fella. We actually take it out to the bike kids. Gee whiz. I like that. You need a bit of that. Do you, know? you need well, a bit I like of that. it as a teenager, but grow out of it when you're in your twenties, yeah. Of course. Enough. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um so it seems to be there's a lot of injuries at the moment. So what's happened with reserve grade this year? Like have there's they none. there's no reserve grade? No, nah, but they've got don't they have um They've got Metropolitan Cup in Sydney, I saw, because Bo Henry wiped his blood on someone. You see that? Bo Henry. Former Titans and Knights, I think. God, he was hopeless. So, Bo anyway. Henry. But so, yeah, that's a struggle. I mean, that's why I'm actually, I think I mentioned it last week, I've been actually quite impressed with the performances some of these guys have put in when they've just been called up. Like, they can't be match fit. Yeah, like Tristan Saylor. Who's he been playing for, apart from scrimmaging at practices? Yeah, so it's just, I think, I, I'd imagine the, the, the clubs are sort of uh, ch- 
slightly tweaking the way they operate their training sessions with this whole COVID situation. So there'd be, well, Hado, our, our Middle Eastern fan, um, sort of suggests maybe, you know, we'd had a Wednesday night nines comp or something, just Ooh. keep a bit of match fitness going. Fuck. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, and then, and then sort of, if you had a nines comp, just brought back like the Gleb Duty Reds, Cumberland, fuck, that'd be funny. Ooh. And then just, it, like, because we're, who were yeah, Cumberland? Cumberland were a early days team. Fuck. So Glebe Dirty Reds, when did they get booted out of the comp? Nineteen uh, fourteen. So they're now basically they're bringing back the club. Like there's a junior club now, and they're starting to. Um... I think they've always had a junior. I think they've always had a a, a club. Mm. But um, they won the city cup in nineteen thirteen, actually. Hmm. Um, I'm just seeing this season. So Glebe were a uh, what do you call it? Foundation. Foundation, and then played. Fuck to nineteen. Sorry, I'm lied. Nineteen twenty nine was their last season when Joe Joseph was the highest try scorer. Hmm. But they only had a crowd average of three thousand eight hundred, and they came eighth out of uh, eighth. So if you guys, if if people know Sydney, which I'm presuming they do. They Glebe and Newtown had clubs just shows how suburban, suburban and tribal our game was back then. There's just brilliant. Well, if you back in 1908, Penrith and or Para would have been sort of market gardens, but Penrith would have been. They weren't involved. That was a different city. That probably was a bloody, you know, probably very um, underdeveloped back then, I'd imagine, Penrith. Uh, well, it would have just been farmland, I guess. Mm. And. In the city, Sydney, i.e., you know, Redfern, Glebe, Newtown. In fact, all those areas were quite working class. I think all the rich people there lived in the North Shore. Mm. So it was a. Manly, I mean, Manly weren't a foundation club, were they? No, they started not. Because again, they weren't. Manly would have just been beaches and. Yeah. Holiday. Yeah, holiday. yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, so um, I think. I mean, you compare that to VFL, mm. which I don't really get, but all their teams. Very. Are basically real inner mm. city suburban, and which per- I find quite weird. But then Melbourne is just like what do you call it? Just urban sprawled out. So if you live, I don't know, twenty k's out of the CBD and a little bit of town, I don't know, some shit. And, like- and also South Melbourne is basically the Swans, and Fitzroy is Brisbane. So they've still got yeah. like links to, um, to those foundation clubs based on VFL. Anyway, yeah, but about- I like how league sort of expanded with the population so mm. as in you were born in para yes you had a had a team to support but True. like so frankston you would like to see frankston and yeah the, like that's a big population center who do they mm. support mm. don't know don't care um so last night did we witness the best 40 minutes of the season in that first half panthers v raiders Yep, and to be honest, I was expecting it. I didn't send the text. I wish I did. I thought the Panthers would flog the Raiders. Like what I've seen from them since round three has been fucking really good rugby league. It's just they're just. A, I love seeing a team just playing within themselves. Just but, know what they're capable of. They're it's, just it's to watch. They're so fucking young and fast and hungry. Like, they're so fast. Like, Nathan Cleary is playing at a speed that it feels like he's a gear or two above any other half in the comp right now. I think, again, Cherry 
if he's in that side, he's, he's, he's playing at similar levels. But the physicality that Cleary's playing at right now is surprising. He's putting in hits, and they've got him on one side and Lue on the other. What I really liked about watching Penrith the last couple of weeks is that I like it when they both, you know how sometimes halves play on each side of the field. Penrith do yep. a lot of, you know, Nathan's playing on the right and Jerome Luai's playing on the left. But Cleary will come round to the left and link up with Luai because they don't really have a ball playing five uh, fullback. So I love it when they do that. And they just give uh, Stephen Crichton some ball. He is the most, he's the most athletic freak that we have in our game. He's he's Inglis Falau material. That's his ceiling is Inglis and Falau. The guy is just rangy but built fast. He's got a big fend. Fucking hell. He is a handful. Actually, actually born in Arpia as well, which is interesting. Really? Yeah. Do you think he's gonna pledge Samoa or he's gonna go on and play New South Wales in Australia? Well, look, I don't know. I think the Samoan Revolution, I honestly, well, I don't know if I honestly believe this, but I hope it's only a year or two away. They are seeing their fellow Polynesian Island, which they have a huge history of warfare against, mm-hmm. coming together and playing for their heritage. Mm-hmm. I honestly think, hope it's just a matter of time the Samoans go, we can do this. Yeah, we well, can do this. it would it would decimate the Kiwis, but as a lover of international league, you'd have to just sit back but, and applaud. To be honest, I mean... I don't think it would decimate us, to be honest. To be honest, we, we've lost to Powell, and he's put his. He's he's given us. He's given us what he could. Mm-hmm. We would lose maybe more Marlow, uh, but he's probably not in my. As I named my team last week, he's not in my starting third. You named you named DWZ, mate. DWZ has had a fall from grace. DWZ is. Do you know, Rehurry, when you pick football sides. You'd pick on... Look at Queensland through those years. They were picking Nate Miles. He cool. was playing okay. shit. Okay, Gr- great. So you pick Mamalo because he's our best winger then. You can't use that same logic to pick DWZ and, and pick him over Mamalo. I just think a guy that was captaining our country Mate, two he, years ago... I've never seen a... Uh, he's, he's in the fall from grace that, you know, you, you talk about with the likes of a Dave Taylor. He's 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 going down quicker than a um, Balinese hooker. Yeah, I just I just think just my name gives the C the captaincy to somebody, and he took it with such pride and heart. Hey, he owe him a few years. We've given him a year. He was shit last year too. You know who else is ruining a legacy for himself? Not that DWZ's at that stage. Darius Boyd said, I want out of the leadership group. And now apparently, so, Pangai is rumoured to be wanting out. He got himself out from COVID-based. Darius Darius wants out of the leadership group. Just explains a lot about him. Katoni Staggs wants out of Brisbane now. Fuck, how much money would you throw at Katoni Staggs? There's not many good centres around. 600k? Nah, more. 800. If you've got the cash, you give it to Katoni. I'd, I'd love our club to give it a go. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Darius, though, he's is he legitimately ruining it? 
the way we talk about Darius in the last two years, has he legitimately ruined? Like, are we going to look back on Darius with different tinted glasses because of what he's done the last two years? I think that it's going to be hard definitely. to look past. Definitely. I mean, no doubt in my mind. They were just, the way he's carrying on is just staggering. It's just not right. Absolutely staggering. Um, it's and it's it's hard to feel sorry for them, but gee, was like I felt sorry for Seabold. I I watched that press conference after a few schooners and a Warriors win on Friday at the pub. Came back, and I felt sick watching Seabold do that press conference because you don't want to see a man at breaking point. He looked like fucking in trouble. Like the stress that he was under, it did not look good. I, I, he he would be in a bad state right now. He yeah, looked fucking sick. I mean, who's is, so Paul Green's going to be the next coach? I think you're going to see Paul Green go to the Broncos, and you're going to see Todd Payton get the Cowboys kick. And there's going to be a couple of people left over. Kevin Walters. If Kevin Walters cannot get one of these gigs then it says a lot about him. And, and uh, dare I say, I don't know how the fuck that he is getting paid to be an analyst, but I guess he still coaches Queensland, but for how long? Um, I think the dogs, yet again, lately have shown what a strangely run club is to Lock and Barrett before early, Lock and Barrett and Lock and Barrett early, um, before all the dominoes have fallen. I mean, they could have gotten Todd Payton. Who would you choose, Todd? Yeah, Payton but look, I'm actually look again. The Trent Barrett thing. If you actually look at it a bit differently now, what's Trent Barrett doing right now? He's his assistant coach. He's the offensive coach of the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, but... he's also uncle of Liam Martin. There's, he's also got the many burdens of this world, like the the Penrith. Mate, they've, got, they've got a an arrangement that he doesn't poach players. Uh, but that's Mate, we've it. seen him as a head coach. He was a fucking embarrassment at Manly. I just think there's something. I, I think I've had a bit of a think about it. I think like Matty Burden should come along. Yeah, Matty Burden's a good player. He's a very good prospect. And the, the Burden for him. Did you see the list of um? Now, if the Panthers don't win this year, which they very well could. I'm going to guarantee that they win at least this year or next year because the whole club, other than Tyrone May, is signed all of next year. So they yeah. might get some real experience reps deep into a playoff run this year and maybe lose out to a Storm or Roosters. But fuck and, me, well, next year they're going to be, if they if they have a tough out to the playoffs this year, they're going to be unbackable next year. And as us, like as Warriors fans, I, I would say, you know, we got to look at this time the Panthers are having with, like, pretty excited about this could happen to our club with what Gus Gould has put in place. So understanding the Gus Gould role, he's really there about developing like an academy pathways, and that's only going to be good things because it's going to mean that it's going to be harder for other clubs to scout Warrior players. And it's going to mean that more rugby union players come across and play league because there's going to be genuine pathways there. So probably yeah. the most exciting or one of the most exciting things to happen to the Warriors. What I want Gus to be doing, and fuck, this would be great. I want... And we're going He's to going to be recruiting it. players too. 
Now, I want him sitting on the, not sitting, maybe standing, on the sidelines oh. of first 15 Rara yep. Yep. in Auckland, Wellington and crime scene. Yep. And then just after the game, moseying over to the player who's talking with their parents and just having, like, giving them one of those origin speeches. Yep. <laughs> yep. Imagine the players will get. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a revered across a large, wide uh, uh, age group. Gus is going to have long-lasting effects on the Warriors, and real Panthers fans know he's had a very positive impact on the club. Don't listen to the likes of Buzz Rothfield. Initially with... I, the, Gus, man, I love Gus. Initially with the Nathan Brown, I was fucking livid, okay, when, I, when it first happened. But I had a couple of people call me, a Dragons fan, and he said, honestly, mate, he's a good coach, and he's a very good, um, you know, builder of clubs. And he has potentially struggled with some of the Gen Y guys like your Pongas and that, who had a bit of a revolt last year. He didn't get enough results in Newcastle for mine, but I'm going to put that to the side. Um, But I I, I have to say... And was that guy that rang you, McDarling? It was. Yeah, because he... He begged me to... to saw what happened to his club after Bennett. And then Mm. then Knights, the Bennett and Danny Tinkler, like... Nathan Tinkler. Nathan Tinkler... They, it was, I can't actually remember. So, no, Brown was coaching the Knights last year, wasn't he? Yeah, they revolted mid-season. And he, and no, they actually, I think the Wests group that bought the Knights a couple of years ago basically decided that, nah, Brown's, Brown's not the guy that we want, um, is going to lead us out of this. And I think they might have been in the eight at the time or just out of the eight. And Brown got wind of it and he goes, well, fuck this, I'm resigning. So I do have a bit of respect for him for doing that. He picked up a big mess and he, and he, you know, he was able to recruit a lot of good players there. But I guess when it came down to Todd Payton knocking the Warriors back, and I fucking love the look of Todd Payton, what he's doing, I think, though, he needs to take some quickies or some indigestions. Have you seen press conferences of his? <laughs> no, I've seen a couple. He's um, always like, like, it's almost like he's burping in his mouth. And I don't know if he's <laughs> nervous or he's an alcoholic, but his insides are doing it tough. Um, I had a Maybe guy, it's a bit useful. Yeah, I had a bloke, um, Alex Cumming, you know him well, the Admiral, who used to always be on a bender with him. You know, you'd be driving and he just had to have cookies on him at all times because his stomach would just fucking the day after the piss. And I'm just wondering if maybe Toddy P's up in there because he did bring in Brent Finch for comic relief. And Brent Finch is in the Warriors bubble at the moment. Is he? Yeah, he brought him in. Comic relief. He said, he said I think just, more, he's going to get desperate to sell the guys drugs by, I reckon. Well, yeah, I think so, might, so did that, did that ever, did you try that cookies thing? I, I've, I was a big cookies man. Like it does, they do work. But anyway, I just want to go back to, um, so once I found out that Peyton was gone, you know, and the Warriors were getting a coach, if it wasn't Bennett, who was rumored to be looking for a two to three year gig and mentoring his assistant, right? And we didn't get Peyton. Riles pulled out, Fitzgibbon pulled out. Um, we didn't want Tuvi, we didn't want the Walkers. So if you boil down to it, because um, Brown pulled out, we were looking at Griffin, Sean Wayne, or if they could get him to have a look at the gig, Paul Green. And I think I'd probably take Paul Green, uh, sorry, um, Nathan Brown over, definitely over Griffin. I think he is not a player that would go well in the Warriors. He's a too much of a hard taskmaster. 
And I'd probably take Brown over Paul Green. I think Paul Green, there's still a little bit of a fraud for me, for him and his premiership. I think the way that he won with Thurston. Um, I mean, I guess you could say 2017 when he took him to another grand final, but I don't know. Like, I think they're much of a much. It's a toss-up, Brown and Green, and I think Brown just seems like a better cunt than Paul Green. So when you think about it, we didn't have much else. There was no one else to pick from, so I'm, I'm at peace with Nathan Brown. You? Yeah, I'm at peace with it. I mean, to be honest, whoever we got, I'll be at peace with it because there's not really – we can't really stress too much about it. Um I mean, it wouldn't have been happy with Trent Barrett. Uh, or, yeah, let's see how we go. I mean, what else can we do? Um, I mean, they're so, they're so George teams that Brown coached 03 to 08 were pretty good, weren't they? Well, Brown's... They, rec- couldn't, they couldn't win the comp. They had the... Well, and the then, Tigers. to be honest, they won 2010, two years after. So yeah. they ousted him for uh, Wayne Bennett, and Wayne Bennett did get the job done, but... How much of that was set up by nah, Nathan? You know? I don't. I reckon Wayne bought in a lot of players. Wayne got his side. He bought in your like so your Dariuses, your Jeremy Smiths, your Neville Costigans. He bought in guys that may, and you know, Ben. Um, sorry, who's that second row? Bo Scott. He bought in a lot of players. His coaching record at the Dragons from 03 to 08, 151 games, eighty wins, seventy one average of fifty three. Huddersfield in 09 to twelve, hundred seventeen games, sixty six and fifty. Winning percentage, 56. St. Helens, 13-14. 59 games, 38 wins, 64%. And then the Knights from 16 to 19. This is, this is going to really taint his overarching percentage, but played 94-124. Gee, it was desperate times, wasn't it, for a few years there? I mean, I read, I did something really concerned me. I read in the Daily Telegraph this morning, Nathan Brown's hit list. Kane Evans... We've Vol- got him. Yeah. I mean, if he's for depth, okay. Fuck. Oliver Gildart from Wigan, a centre. Oh, Jesus. Ewan Aiken from the Dragons. If they sign Ewan Aiken, I'm going to fucking revolt. <laughs> he's so Fuck bad. It. Jack DeBellin, who may or may not be locked up for sexual assault. And Adam Elliott. Since when has Adam Elliott been in, like... Like all of a sudden this year, all he's these clubs are after Adam. He's a fucking tradesman. He's all right, mate. He runs a good line. He's okay. He's Lachlan Burr. No, nah, no, nah, he's a bit better than Lachlan Burr for sure. Definitely. Mate, when he's, fit, right. he's just he's the same kind of guy. Like I can't read into this um, Adam Elliott bullshit. He's not bad. He's just been injured. That's the problem. <sighs> okay, I am absolutely fucking fizzed. About Natalstra Jubilee Stadium at four o'clock. Okay. Yep. Now the key to so, this game today is who's back in the who have the Sharks got? Well, they've got Moylan back. They've got Ramian back. They've got Dugan back. Woods, Braley, Hamnion, Uale, Graham, Talakai. Nice story about Talakai. Almost got um, threw the game away. Toby Rudolph. Who's... Graham Talakai. Oh, no, no, sorry. He, Wade Graham, you mean? Yeah, Graham Talakai. Tell me the story about Talakai. Nearly threw the game away. Well, Why? he got sacked by the Rabbitohs a couple of Rabbitohs. years ago. Madge being a hard-ass and got rid of him. And then he basically um, was playing junior grades for Panthers, being a garbo, played for Newtown. Yeah. Um, 
enjoyed his footy again and got a um, extended contract with Cronulla and then signed. He's playing in the second row. He's actually starting ahead of um, Jack Williams. Yeah. No, actually, no. He's um he's injured. Is our uh, no. You know what's our yeah, and Jeff Williams is on. Yeah, I'm saying who's the mold? Brighton Nakoro must be injured. Yeah. Um, Johnson Moylan. This for me, this excites me. I know Townsend's injured, but I've fuck off just for one second, Chad. I want I want to see this Johnson Moylan thing work. I think the highs could be so high, and I am I am maybe one of the only people left on. Um, I was about to say Aaron Moylan um, <laughs> Island. That's another story. Matt Moyle in Ireland, I still you're, hold you're out right. hope. You're gonna you're gonna die on that island if you have to. Fuck. Um, I really... well, I love Ronaldo Molitalo. He's he just fucking annoyed me when he first came into the comp, but the way he carries himself now, I love him. He's awesome, and he's, quite, he's yeah. born in Auckland. No. Yeah. Yeah, he still wouldn't make the. Kiwi I was going to name him as a shock in my um Kiwi team. I mean, I wouldn't... You know, he's got that reggae that we always need to beat the Roos. Sione Katoa, also born in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. He's good. Yeah, he's good. He's better than the Sione Katoa half. Uh, dummy okay. half. So the yeah. Sharkies. Now, this is a very good side. This <sighs> eel side. And they're pretty much at full strength. Talk me through which way you are leaning. The Eels by six. Mm. Now it's wet weather for now. I see a Johnson led, like grind out win by the Sharks. I think I love seeing Johnson grinding games now. If Cronulla win this, they overtake. Rabbitohs, Knights, and the Raiders—they go to fifth, and they and they have been very under the radar, not in great form. Which is a—I mean, kudos to Johnny Morris, coaches. Good on you, Johnny Morris. Okay, so I think I'm with you. I think the Eels just have enough. Fuck that! I'm going Sharks. I'm 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 opposing you. Okay, and what are you going in the uh, earlier game? Don't mind the Titans. Okay. Yeah. I'm Just because the Cowboys are rubbish. Is, Matt, is, is Mike, uh, Michael Morgan playing? Uh, not that I can see. I mean, I'm going to go Titans. I reckon they're going to be up 20-0 at halftime. <laughs> You're probably watching <laughs> the game, are you? You do. I am. I'm watching it. And Brian Kelly and Brimson have cut off the Really? Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, right. good, good, um, brilliant stuff. Okay, well, let's let's get back to the afternoon watching our league. Um, I can't wait for this blockbuster. It's a it's a real Sunday blockbuster, isn't it? Oh, it is. I can't wait either. You gotta love your league. Gotta love your league. If he leaves me now. It takes away the biggest part of me
It takes away the biggest part of me.